You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, there's the draft chimes. Purple Daily on draft every Monday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Tyler Fornis, Miles Gorham, Declan Goff here to take you through another edition of Purple Daily on draft. Where we take the draft, spin it as a weekly show on the Purple Daily family of shows here. Uh, obviously, Vikings, Bears on Monday Night Football this evening, but instead, we're obviously not going to get into that. We don't want this episode to be completely dated by the time you consume it. So we figured... Let's have a NFL draft, mock draft type of show here. Let's take a look at what mock drafts are saying. A lot of teams, like the Panthers, who just fired their head coach and have to give up their picks, uh, like a lot of teams, they're already looking ahead at the draft. Now, the Vikings are in firm position to probably be in their sweet spot between that 14 and 23 range in the NFL draft. I.e., they're probably a playoff team. They're most likely a playoff team. So I figured with some other outlets pumping out some mock drafts over the last 24, 48 hours, Let's kind of get into what some mock drafts are, are uh, saying, what the Vikings will do here. Uh, as always, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel or on the Purple Daily podcast feed. Give us a five-star review. However you're listening, Apple, Spotify, uh, no matter where, we appreciate it. So, boys, I've noticed a theme in these three mock drafts uh, I'm about to share with you. We're going to start with this one. This is from the Pro Football Network. That's right, the Pro Football Network. Give probably proper credit to the author here, Ian Valentino of Pro Football Network. So he actually uh, is kind of siding with Forno with the top pick. He has Drake May, not, not Caleb Williams going number one. He has Drake May going number one to the Chicago Bears with Caleb Williams actually falling number three to the New England Patriots, which would be pretty wild to me. That'd be an absolutely wild situation if Belichick stays or goes, but Caleb Williams actually ends up going to New England. I'd actually be very fan, uh, very fascinated to see how that would play out. Uh, let's let's scroll down though a little bit. Green Bay Packers get JJ McCarthy at pick nine, another quarterback there that will go off the board. So he goes in the NFC North to the Packers at pick nine. Scrolling down here, Michael Penix Jr., another quarterback. He goes to the Raiders at pick fourteen in this mock draft. And we're gonna keep scrolling. We're going to go down to pick 20. So the Vikings pick 20th in this mock draft, which means they're a wild card and done team uh, most likely. So with the 20th pick in the draft, the Pro Football Network has the Minnesota Vikings taking Shadir Sanders out of Colorado. Uh, As mentioned under the Buccaneers pick, I think Sanders will return to Colorado for the 2024 season. But right now, he's my QB3. But I understand why he'd want another year under his father before leaving the NFL. That said, if he's in this class, the Vikings would race to the podium for him. So he claims the Vikings brass and Kwesi Adolfa Kevin O'Connell, if Shadir Sanders obviously stays, or uh, uh, excuse me, elects to go into the draft, the Vikings would turn up that card pretty dang quick. And with the 20th overall selection, they would take Shadir Sanders. Forno, I know you think he also would benefit from going back to college, but in a crazier situation or a crazy world that always changes with NFL drafts and whatnot, if Shadir Sanders enters the draft, 
Vikings take him at pick 20, your immediate reaction would be what? What would be your reaction to uh, the Vikings picking Shadir Sanders in the first round of next year's draft? Well, my, my initial reaction was, did he get a Laramie Tunzel video dropped on draft day? Because I, I don't see a scenario where he would fall this far unless one, something like that happened or he completely bombed the pre-draft process. It's And it's because of a multitude of factors. One, he has an NFL pedigree. And while it may not matter, it does matter. Like little things like that matter to general managers. It matters to owners. It matters uh, for business, not just on the field, because you're not only drafting a guy to be good on the field, you're drafting him to be good for business. You're drafting him for merch sales and all these other factors. Yes, it's minor, but it could be one of those things where, hey, I have player A and player B graded equally. One of them is Deion Sanders' kid, and he's going to be more marketable because of that. Okay, we'll take the guy who's more marketable. And it's, they're little things, but it, I think it matters in these discussions. And two, like with Sanders, it's, it's a very interesting case because he uh, plays really well at Jackson State. Jackson State HBCU, they get uh, underrated as far as how much talent is down there. But it's not like the 70s where you had m- multitudes and multitudes of NFL caliber players. There just aren't the level that you're going to see at the FBS. So he goes to the FBS and they have a great, great September. And then the offensive line starts to really show its warts and things really calm down and teams started to get film on what this offense is going to be. And they were able to counter it. And Sanders just, just did not have enough answers. How much of it was his fault? I don't think it was completely his fault. I don't even think it was close to completely his fault, but he was not able to really kind of help elevate them. They only won four games this year and four games is good for what that Colorado program was last year. But there, there's so many other things involved in three. Quarterbacks like him aren't going to fall to 20. And I would expect him to go in the top 10. Maybe he's a guy like Justin Fields. It goes at pick 11 because somebody trades up for him. But Sanders at 20 to me is a pipe dream if he comes out. But as we mentioned earlier, I really don't think he does because of all those factors, including his dad. Um, I do think he would be a great fit with O'Connell. The ability to be a dual threat. I, I do want him to get a little bit better at working through his progressions and not uh, trying to hit that first read and pop it, but which is fine. He's a college quarterback. You can do the first read and then run around stuff. And it's one of the things why Caleb Williams has been successful, but to make that transition, you have to be able to do more, especially in this system. And that's where a system fit matters so much. That's why I was as high on Jaron Hall as I was because he played in the same system, just with more spread out style concepts, but you utilize the same core ideals that the Sean McVay offense does. So is Sanders going to be a perfect glove fit? Not immediately, but I think he could easily project into one down the line. I just don't think it's plausible because he's not going to be in the draft. He won't fall to 20 if he is. So right now, uh, Miles Shadir Sanders, 21 years old. He'll be 22 uh, in February, six foot two, had a yeah pretty good season under his dad at Deion Sanders. Borno kind of mentioned wheels came off the bus after a pretty hot start uh, in the first month of the college football season. Uh, but if the Vikings took Shadir Sanders, are you looking at him as like starting right away? Are you are you kind of siding with Forno that there might be a development project that you might have to get a bridge guy, whether that's Josh Dobbs, whether that's Kirk Cousins, or even door number uh, door number three behind behind there as well? If they took Shadir Sanders at pick twenty, number one, do you like that pick? But two, do you think he has the chance to start right away for the Vikings? I love the pick, and I think the Wolves would love the pick because to all the points that were made. 
the marketability of uh, Shadir Sanders with a Justin Jefferson. Like that oh, yeah. combination in itself is drawing fandom tickets, sale, uh, jersey sales, you name it. So I think I think the Wilfs would love that type of pick from a marketing standpoint. But from a like a fan scouting standpoint, I would love it too. I think all the points Borno made um, all add up. I mean, I think there's a lot, obviously a lot of work to be done for Sanders to progress. But I don't think the plan for KOC, if they do plan to draft a quarterback early in the draft, is to force that player to start. Now, if that player comes in and ends up winning a job, I think that's a different scenario. But I don't think they're going to put any sort of rookie quarterback in a position where they like have to be the day one starter. I just don't see KOC being that type of guy. I think it's not he doesn't want to put that type of pressure on somebody, and I just think he wants to make sure that they're ready for it. Besides, just and I think that's why we've seen the last couple of years the Vikings haven't really been willing to like put their name in the hat, like for a Will Levis, a Kenny Pickett. You like you name that you name the quarterbacks early. They just haven't really been able wanting to do it because I just don't think they're um, they don't want to force anything, but they also want to have that veteran quarterback there in place. And so, um, well, there's Kirk, you know, like you mentioned, Dobbs. Um, but I think Sanders would be a really good fit in that case because I think there's enough level of talent. We have a chance for him to beat out a, a Josh Dobbs, maybe. I'm not saying he would, but I think he's got the level of talent that he could beat. He could potentially outbeat um, someone like a, a bridge starter. Um, Kirk Cousins, probably not. I think that's obviously a, a, a different level of, of starting quarterback than, than a Dobbs or anybody else, a bridge quarterback that they bring in. But I think Sanders could have at least push somebody. And I think that in itself is something that, they would love to see from uh, any first round pick. And I think Sanders just kind of does bring that cool. He's the guy that rises to level, obviously as a team, they, they, they were great early in the season, struggled throughout the rest of it. But I just think he's the type of guy that the, the lights don't seem to be too bright for him. Um, now that's obviously hard to always project because it's college to the next level, but it does, doesn't seem like it, it really bothers him. He went through a lot of pressure this year, a lot of, um, a lot of teams and their, their offensive line was, was really bad. So he's faced a lot of that pressure. So I think coming to the NFL and kind of having a little bit more um, true training and ability to to like work with a, a coach like Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell and those guys, I think would just do him wonders. And and having the weapons that the Vikings have, I think Sanders would be that, like you said, Forno, like a good dual threat quarterback that that has this capability and maneuverability in the pocket that I think we would really love to see um, them go after. It's uh, it's also interesting, the marketing factor that you guys both brought up. I mean, like Justin Jefferson, Shadir Sanders. Yes, that would be that'd be absurd. I mean, that would be jersey sales up the wazoo, season tickets, et cetera. Um, I can I can see the marketing team having an absolute blast with that. Uh, let's look at the second mock draft I have here. This one from CBS Sports. So CBS Sports uh, concocts this mock draft. We already did one in this second one. Uh, Chris uh, Trapasso of cbs sports has this one here and there are some i believe trades involved but this is actually pretty wild so the first pick he has the bears taking the obviously the first overall selection but is it do you pronounce this light to you latu the ucla edge rusher latu at one at one what are we doing what are we doing i love latu but he's like jalen phillips he had to medically retire because of a neck injury Ugh. i don't Ugh. One, I don't think he's a top 10 prospect in this class at, from an outward look before all, all 22 viewing, but two medically retired for a neck and he's not <laughs> like a transcendent player. You don't take that guy at one. You, and, no. And spoiler, they take Marvin Harrison or no, excuse me. They, uh, they traded this trade, this pick. They take the first pick at lot two Cardinals are on the board at two and they take Marvin Harrison again, Caleb Williams, Jr. 
uh, Caleb Williams, excuse me, going to the Patriots at three. Drake made to the Falcons at four. Jaden Daniels, the Giants at five. And then the Bears are back on the clock after a mock trade with Atlanta. And they take uh, Jerzon Newton, the defensive lineman. So in this mock draft, Bears don't answer their quarterback question, or at least maybe it, they answered it already. They are keeping Justin Fields or looking elsewhere for their next quarterback. They still have two picks in the top eight. Uh, neither of them are QBs. And then, they uh, take an edge after trading for Montez Sweat, and then they double down where yeah. they took two defensive tackles in the second round last year with another one. So, and in this that, in this mock, I don't get it. One, two, three, three. A run on quarterbacks at three, four, and five, and Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, respectively. And then we continue to go down this mock a little bit. Let's see here. What's the next quarterback off the board? Oh, it's to the Vikings at pick 20. So the Vikings with the 20th selection in this mock draft from CBS Sports. Select Bo Nix. They take Bo Nix at pick 20. Nick's athleticism would yes. be, would be yes. by Kevin O'Connell's boot action system. Uh, so the 50th overall prospect in this draft, too. He has prospect ranking, position ranking. He has Bo Nix as the sixth best quarterback, 50th best prospect, but he goes to the Vikings oh. at pick 20. Uh, Miles, you say yes. You say you like this idea. Or, or maybe you're egging on Forno, too, of, <laughs> of, of some Bo Nix things, too, that we've always talked about. Uh, but what do you think here, Miles? Do you, do you like Bo Nix at pick 20? I mean, I, from the 50th-ranked prospect, like that seems like a huge reach to me. Just looking at least think, X's and O's. Well, to to kind of clean things, we know position of value matters, and obviously quarterback. Whether that that player might be the like a projected to be the 50th player on the board, but that player at that position probably gets taken higher than that. Then, if that's a top 50 overall player, most quarterbacks then go higher than that pick. Um, but in the overall case, I I'm, I'm more giving Forno a hard time. But at the same time, like I do think we have to get away from some of the priors with Bonix. Because I think he's done a really good job of developing his skills. Now, I'm not saying I'm like completely in on Bonix, but I think he's done a really good job of changing my mind of who he was a couple years ago. Um, and I think as we get further and down the process, I think there's a little bit more opportunity to just like dive in and and see why he would be considered the 20th overall pick for the Vikings. And I think, but I do think he kind of has that like I, I'm I'm saying this name as not a, as a player comparison, but like a size style comparison. I think there's some. Justin Herbert to him. I don't think he's Justin Herbert as a prospect. I don't think he's like that level of player, but I think there's that like the big physical mm-hmm. athletic type type player with a good arm. And I think that's something that play, that teams covet. I think that's in the NFL, like that's always been like the height, weight, speed type of thing. In this case, arm strength, like teams love. Teams love those types of players. And I think Bo Nix's ability to kind of progress past what he was able to struggle with in Auburn at, at Oregon, he just looks like a different player. And I think he earns he's deserved the credit to like I'm not saying he should be a first round pick right now, but maybe he's earned that opportunity. And I think if we get to like the I think he's going to the senior bowl. I'm not hundred percent if that's been accepted yet, but I would assume he's gonna be a guy that goes like we continue to see his progression through those types of places. I wouldn't be surprised if he turned himself into a uh, a first round pick, especially since that this draft class might not be quite as good as we expected it to be, maybe even just a few months ago. Um like if guys go back to school you know, some of the other players just haven't stepped up the way you thought they would and, and what have you. So um, it's like, like I said a couple weeks ago, it's November, so I don't really get too worked up about mock drafts. But if we're talking mock drafts right now, and if it's Bo Nix, I would want to know, like, what the overall process looked like. 
But if Bo Nix earned himself an opportunity with the Minnesota Vikings to go to his pick 20, in the uh, where I'm at with Kevin O'Connell, I think I would trust the process. That doesn't mean I like the player, but I think I would at least give KOC the benefit of the doubt to see what he sees in him and then at least give like, like, let's see what they can do with him because of all the things we, I mentioned before of like the height, weight, the arm ability, the, the escape ability, the he's done a lot better at processing and, and playing in rhythm. Um, so I think I would trust KOC to at least hopefully get the most out of that, that type of player in that case. Eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals, always fresh, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy to use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from six to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. So, Forno, if, if that happens with the uh, 20th overall selection in uh, next year's draft, uh, are you pulling your hair out? Are you kind of then, are you with Miles that, hey, let's actually trust the process? If it's Bo, Na- Bo Nix's name called by the Minnesota Vikings in the first round of next year's draft, what would your initial reaction be? If the Vikings take Bo Nix in the first round of the draft, I will think it's a very flawed process. I think Miles is right in the fact that we need to give him a little bit of credit for the growth he showed at Oregon. And he has shown a lot of growth, but the reality is he's just not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. And if he is, he's going to need a long time to get there. He's going to need to be put on a Jalen hurts like plan. He's going to need to be uh, basically kind of like for lack of a better term, uh, use kick gloves on him and really kind of get him to a place where he can do that. Like Oregon makes everything incredibly easy for him. They have one of the best running backs in the country. They have a tremendous offensive line, elite wide receivers, and everything in that passing game is made to make Nick's basically look good. It's made for him to make easy reads, easy throws. The second you have to ask him to actually do anything of substance, that's where he struggles. And that's where he bails the pocket too easily. That throw he had against Oregon State on Friday night where he threw it 40 yards across his body, that gets picked in the NFL 10 out of 10. It's a throw you get away with in college because of college players, college spacing, but it's just not something you can do in the NFL. I don't think Nix is a starter in the NFL. I really don't. And he doesn't have the traits, especially with the arm talent. He has good escapability, but we've seen guys with good escapability in the NFL. Remember Christian Ponder had really good escapability. I would actually consider making that comparison because of their styles of play. Like one read, if it's there, throw it. If it's not run around, try and make something happen. And in college, Christian Ponder was able to do it relatively well in the NFL. He wasn't. And that was a big part of his failure. And I'll say this about positional value. Positional value is real. And you should uh, utilize positional value when you're trying to build your roster. But, it doesn't positional value matters a heck of a lot less when the prospect or player is bad. And Bo Nix just is not worth the first round pick. And I I'll be honest, I would be 
really surprised if he ends up in the first round, just because I think once people really start to dive into the all 22, they will see how Oregon really makes this offense like easy and make it so Bonix really doesn't have to do a whole lot. And I think you're going to really start to see people come around on that. I, I, I just, I don't understand the hype. Look, there are good Saturday players and there are Sunday players. Bonix is the former, not the latter. And it feels like Bonix has been playing on Saturday for like 10 years at this point. Uh, I know it's only, uh, shockingly only five. That is that's yeah. He's only five. been a starter the entire time. <laughs> you know, what's funny though, is like, I feel like now nowadays five years in the, in college feels like a eternity, but that's so normal. Like so many guys are in the, in college. Mm-hmm. They've read, well, in most cases, redshirt, but I think he got the, uh, the, cause of the COVID year too, but yeah. Like redshirt seniors is a real thing. Like that stuff happens, but we knock, we do end up knocking guys who stay for five years more than we might probably should. But everybody obviously has different um, abilities and, and they uh, progress differently in college. Yeah. It's just, I know he's been like a punching bag of, uh, how is he for still sure. playing uh, college football here when he was playing pre pandemic uh, for Auburn? So, all right. So we have a couple mock drafts in the can there. Let's go next to the 33rd team. So let's go to the 33rd team. This one also was released on Monday afternoon. Uh, it's from, I believe, Connor Livesey. Livesey? Not sure if I'm butchering your last name there, Live sir. Livesey. Livesey. Okay. Thank you, Forno. Uh, so first overall pick, he has Caleb Williams. So he has Caleb Williams going number one overall uh, to the Chicago Bears. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes two to the Cardinals. And then Drake May to the Patriots at pick three here. Bears back on the board at pick four, and they go uh, with the offensive tackle Olu Fashanu uh, from Penn State. So Bears get their quarterback, they get their offensive lineman, and then also Drake May going to the Patriots as well. So a little bit of a run. Uh, Jaden Daniels goes to the Giants at pick six. So the Giants move on from Danny Dimes, or at least they have a succession plan in place to get Jaden Daniels there at pick six. Scrolling down a little bit here. Let's see. Michael Penix Jr. goes to the Raiders at pick 11. So another quarterback indeed off the board there. Scrolling down to looking for the Vikings. The Viking uh, Falcons, by the way, take J.J. McCarthy at pick 19. So the Falcons start their next quarterback plan with the Michigan quarterback. And then at pick 21, the Minnesota Vikings select... You guessed it, Bo Nix. They take Bo Nix. So more Bo Nix propaganda to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 21. Uh, Nix has made drastic improvements in 2023, but he will likely need to be drafted in the right system with the right coordinator to carry over his success to the NFL. Nix won't be a guy who should be expected to step in and win right away, but he can have some success in O'Connell's offense. So more Bo Nix propaganda there, which is very interesting. And obviously we just talked about Nick's, but I also wanted to bring up this from PFF. So obviously you can go on PFF.com and we do this on Purple Daily. We'll probably start doing this once the Viking season ends. You can go on the mock draft section. You can run mock drafts. We did it last year uh, on this show too. But they have taken the information of each team of the most picked player and the second most picked player for each team so far in their mock draft calculator. Their systems have ran. So the Vikings in their mock draft simulations at pick 20, which is about where we keep seeing the Vikings on other outlets, mock drafts, the most picked player in PFF's mock draft for the Vikings is Michael Penix Jr. Again, another quarterback here. So another quarterback enters the conversation. Uh, Penix is a bit of a 
college football journeyman, but is lighting up the scoreboard in 2023, this write-up says. His combination of experience and high-end arm talent is propelling him. He has a bit of an unorthodox throwing style from his lower body mechanics and his throwing motion, but he can sling it. So Michael Penix Jr. is the most likely option, or the most picked option in their simulator at 18%. The second choice is Jaden Daniels from LSU. So quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks here. So every outlet that we've looked at so far, every single one, either whether it's a mock draft uh, or just a calculator that what player is going to which team has the Vikings taking a quarterback. So Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, um, we have plenty of options here that the Vikings, Shadir Sanders, I think he most likely goes back to college, but whatever, we'll, we'll include him in the conversation. I guess, Forno, which one do you interest you the most of that group? Of just those four guys and Shadir Sanders, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, uh, and did I just close this out? And Michael Penix Jr. Which one of those four options uh, are you most intrigued by as the next quarterback of the Vikings? Uh, you're muted, Forno. I just got to mute yourself. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, won't believe how much it happens to uh, yeah. Jones Elgad. Yeah, I, I think uh, Claire uh, um, took a uh, took a little bit of a mini fall because she's struggling right now, and Odie heard it and he's just started barking because you know that's Dogs. what Frenchies do—they bark all the time. So uh, it's either Sanders or Daniels, and I, I was very low on Daniels entering the year. Yeah, he's a five-year starter, just like Nick's, but I think the passing improvements he's made, especially since getting to LSU, have been substantial, and the the running talent has always been there, but I think his willingness uh, over the last few weeks to really stand in the pocket and try to deliver and beat you with his arm, I think is commendable. Plus he's had to carry that LSU team on, on his back An incredibly talented defense that just plays like absolute dog water. And it's fascinating to many of us in the world of college football, trying to figure out what is going on with this LSU team because that defense should be good. And it's just not. And Daniel's having to, shoulder that burden and really try to carry them and they won nine games and that's not an easy thing to do in the SEC they almost beat Bama and if Dallas Turner wouldn't have cheap shot at him with that uh, uncalled targeting then that LSU might have been able to actually win that football game so kind of looking at that and then Sanders I like but I just think there are some questions for me that I just want to see him grow and develop before I really make that kind of massive investment in him uh, but before my all 22 viewing, it probably end up being Daniels. He's got a little bit of Lamar Jackson to his game and how he uh, really threatens uh, people with both of his legs and his arm. How about you, Miles? Uh, of those four guys, I know we haven't talked Jaden Daniels, um, and we obviously weren't able to to talk much of Michael Penix Jr. on this episode, but which one of those four guys we have talked about are you probably most intrigued as a the next quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings? I still think it'd be Sanders for me from like the jump, but I think realistically in terms of like who's going to come out, it would be Jane Daniels. And I want to preface by saying I started this like oh, well, the show, like when we first started back in September, uh, maybe, maybe late August where I call Jane Daniels, like a non NFL quarterback. I'm, I'm going to walk that back and say, Hey, that man has decided, decided to prove himself to be a potential future first round pick. And I think maybe even a Heisman winner, like he might end up being the Heisman winner this year um, and good for him. I think he's been able to go out there and like Forno said, and just kind of take over that offense, take over that team and kind of put it on, put it on, put, put that team on his back in the SEC and go nine and three. I think that's impressive. And his ability to be more than just a rusher. Um, I know early in his career at Arizona state, they really tried to make him a pocket passer and they kind of limited his rushing ability. 
But what I've loved at LSU is they've really developed him as both. And I think that's just so important in today's NFL and today's football is if you have a guy that can be both, let him be both. Like don't don't try to hinder one or the other. Let them use, you know, their skill set to the best of their abilities. And I think LSU's done a good job of doing that. And so like right now it'd probably be Jaden Daniels just because of that that dual threat ability is so important in the NFL today. I think we, as we've seen, like Josh Jobs is not better than Kirk Cousins, so I don't want anybody coming at me for saying it. But like what we've been able to see from the escapability from a Josh Jobs and his ability to create and do things with his legs just brings a different element to what your offense can do. And it's, and when you have a guy that um, that can beat guys to the edge and 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 win in win the win a foot race and those things against DBs and linebackers. It just changes the entire landscape of what your offense can be, and if that guy can also step back and 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 throw the ball for three hundred yards or you know what have you, and and be an accurate passer, it's just it's just like a it's a cheat code. Like we see the best teams in the league right now, the the Ravens, the Eagles, you know the the bill the Bills aren't the best. We know the Bills where they're at right now, but like the Bills with Josh Allen, still like really good football team. Obviously, Mahomes is on his own level. Um, like those those teams, like the best teams in football have those types of players. Justin Herbert's that type of quarterback. Like there's just so many guys that have that. I mean, you don't have to be a true rusher, but like, I think that dual threat ability in itself is just, it's just a cheat code. And I think uh, it makes teams account for you in so many different ways, uh, defenses. And so I think a Jane Daniels could really with the right development, be that guy that, you know, could be that. And early on, you allow him to be a little bit more of a rusher. And as he develops as a passer in the league, I think, with a Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. I, the sky's the limit for any of these types of players with the right infrastructure in place, and I think a Jane Daniels could hopefully take advantage of that. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch over these next uh, few months here when the Viking season indeed does end, uh, hopefully not too prematurely, but we will be all over this right here on Purple Daily on Draft. So is there any quarterbacks you want us to expand more about, whether it's the one we, ones that we have discussed, ones we're not talking enough about, um, or either under the radar guys, hit us up. Uh, on the YouTube channel, or you can hit me up on the Score North app as well. We're obviously all on Twitter too. So if you want to discuss anything, any of these quarterbacks or any other non quarterbacks, I know some people are just triggered by quarterbacks. Why are you so obsessed with quarterbacks? Any position we will gladly talk about on Purple Daily on Draft. It certainly doesn't matter. Uh, I do want to have a combo on Lewis Seen, Kyle Hamilton, because I know Hamilton had another big game yesterday. But before we do that, uh, Forno. You obviously were glued to your couch. I watched a decent amount of college football during the day. I watched Michigan, Ohio State. I somehow suffered through some of the Gopher, or, uh, Gopher game as well against the Badgers. But what stood out to you uh, on college football weekend as we enter now conference championship week with the regular season, quote-unquote, ending uh, in college football? Got to unmute, unmute phone all. Goodness gracious, I did it again. It's okay, um, Judd. Yeah, uh, well, it, it, good job to be with. Hey, you know what? He started writing for me, and all of a sudden, I started picking up on his habits. <laughs> but I, I, I'd be remiss to say that, hey, I don't know, Pac-12 after dark, uh, it is now gone, and it makes me really sad because that was that had some of the best college football because it was it was chaotic, it was fun, and now it's gone. Now, hopefully, the Mountain West will kind of take that mantle over, but it it may never be the same and that hurts. But I think I, I got to start here. We did see the debut of Arch Manning in the Texas's absolute, um, just demoralizing win over Texas tech. And he looked like a freshman and I don't think there's really anything you can take from that. Otherwise he got to play football and for Texas, 
that's pretty cool because it's it's a big deal for them to get that kind of recruit right now. Um, Florida is the worst discipline team I think I've ever seen in the history of football. If they had literally any discipline, they would have won eight or nine games easy. Literally any. Uh, I'm not even asking for all of it. I'm asking for 20%. They had 20% discipline. They win eight or nine games and they're tackling their just situational unawareness. Just super frustrating. Um, I also don't think in the same vein, Florida state should make the playoff. Even if they're undefeated, they might still make the playoff if they beat Louisville next week and win the ACC. But this team is just not good enough without Jordan Travis. They're going to get boat raced the second they get in there. And that's not me talking as a Florida fan. Rodemaker's just not it. And it's why they might not make it. Like you yeah. said, like the, the committee is not just going to let any random team make it with the but best they've player. Also, they've also yeah. never said no to an undefeated power five conference champ. So it's going to be really difficult, but they have said if a, if a player would massively impact how good you are, they do take that into consideration. They take it into consideration if you lose, because like if, Quinn Ewers happened to have been out against Oklahoma. They would have been like, oh, you were without your starting quarterback. It's okay that you lost to a top 15 team at a neutral site by and on a last second touchdown. Like they look at those things. So without Jordan Travis, uh, I, Florida State just has no chance. And it sucks for them because they looked like they could have potentially given a run to any of those teams. Um, also, Georgia's just a a juggernaut, but I'm very interested to see what Michigan does with them because Michigan is just Georgia junior. They're Georgia with guys who are just a little bit smaller and a little bit less athletic. <laughs> that That's how they play football. So it didn't go well the first time a couple years ago, but it would be interesting to kind of see that matchup again. Um, also the rivalry weekend is just the best. We just had great games and hats off to Jalen Milrow for that absolute cannon shot opposite hash from 40 yards out into the corner of the end zone to beat Auburn at Jordan Hare in the iron bowl. College football is just the best and there's nothing that can top great college football. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this weekend as well. I'm actually going to go down to the cross the border and uh, do a little betting on, on some college football this weekend as well. So I'm very excited to, uh, to get in on all that fun. It was a, it was a really good regular season. Boys, before we wrap here, Kyle Hamps, another big game. Miles, uh, I saw you tweet about this over uh, last evening on Sunday night about the Lewis Seen pick because Kyle Hampton, another big game. Lewis Seen's mostly been inactive, um, a healthy scratch, if you will, throughout the entire process. Um, and you talked about, you tweeted this too at Miles Gorham85, uh, that I think the part that gets overlooked is that the Vikings, is that the trade back wasn't just a one for one move. They received multiple high draft picks for a roster that desperately needed it. But the process was fine, but the results of the picks were not ju- uh, were not just in the hindsight of of that move. So, um, you want to expand on that a little bit more too, just because I know there's a lot of fans who keep seeing the inactive sheet. We're going to see it here in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. We're going to see that Lewisine's probably inactive again. Kyle Hamilton might be turning himself into legitimately one of the best safeties in the NFL through the first you know 25 games of his career. Um, what what did you make of, of another big game from Kyle Hamilton? And I guess also the future of of Lewis Seen. Well, I I don't we all we, we as fans and especially Vikings fans we love to find a player that the Vikings passed on and then the stick to that player if he becomes good. It's like well, well that guy could have been what could have been and I get it. Like I, I do that all the time. There's like Keenan Allen was always a guy for me when the Vikings didn't draft him and I I loved 
Cordero yeah. Patterson, but I was a huge Keenan. I am a huge Keenan Allen fan. I was always like, when we traded for that, I traded up to, to that pick. I thought we were getting Keenan Allen. I like jumped on a table. was so excited. <laughs> um, but, but, and, and so I'll, that'll always haunt me. But um, in this case, like kind of what my tweet mentions is there's just so much more to it than just like a, they passed on Kyle Hamilton and like that guy's a really good player. The, like I mentioned, the Vikings needed multiple like young players. Like, my my I didn't have an issue with the trade back as much as I had what they who they took and what they what positions they took with those with those picks. That was my biggest issue. I think how crazy maneuvered the, the drafts and I think people get too hung up on the fact that they didn't get a future first. I mean they got pick thirty four. That's basically like a first round pick, especially when it's this year. It's the same year. Like when you get a future first, that's like what they when you uh take a pick a year out, they always view it as a one year or, or one round less. So like pick thirty four is basically a first round pick now in comparison, or the same pick as like get, going after a a future first. So they were able to recoup that, um, and I think in that case, like be able to maneuver and get and use those picks to get multiple day two picks for a team that was bare bones in 2020, 2022 draft. Um, it just made all the sense in the world. Now I wasn't a fan of going after an interior lineman and a safety. Um, I liked the corner opportunity, but like going, like I wasn't a fan of some of the process. And then they go get an off ball linebacker and uh, in the round, third round. Now I think that to me is probably where some of the biggest issues that came from that that scenario it wasn't the fact that they just passed on Kyle Hamilton. Now Kyle Hamilton would probably be playing the Josh Metellus role in this defense, and that would be amazing. I think we would love to have a young type player, but I think at the same time you can kind of stomach not having Kyle Hamilton. Now Kyle Hamilton has a chance to be like an all pro pro bowl level player. So I'm not going to sit here and say we wouldn't love to have him. I would love to have him on this team. Um, but I think the Vikings have done good with Cameron Bynum, Josh Metellus, obviously still have Harrison Smith. Um, so no, it, it does suck that when you're your first round pick, you know, the guy that you, the, the safety you take instead of Kyle Hamilton has not been very good. He's been hurt, but he's also not been very good for you and inactive healthy scratches and all that. But I think the part that people do miss is that like when, Teams have first-round prospects on their board, like Kyle Hamilton, Lewis Seen. They probably were very so. They're probably really close in terms of the level of uh, prospect on most teams' boards. Now, obviously, some teams had Kyle Hamilton higher than Lewis Seen, but I guarantee you, there are some teams that might have had Lewis Seen higher than Kyle Hamilton. That's just how this stuff works. Every team operates differently in who they view a better fit, a better pro, like in through their process, what their measurables are, like all those things. Like teams have first round picks at the same position. They have those prospects so razor thin, like the, the, the differences between those guys are usually razor thin in most, pro, in most situations, unless you have the clear cuts, like the, the guys, you know, like, a, like right this year, we'll see Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be clear cut top wide receiver. And it's not even any debate, but Kyle Hamilton's testing situation didn't really do him any favors to like, that's probably why he slipped down to pick 14. Like there's a lot of situations on why guys fall and why they don't become or whether they don't get drafted higher than people expect them to. So I wasn't as upset with crazy in the process as more as like the, like the, how they handled who they picked in those, in that process, not, not the, the process of trading back. So I just think we need to kind of like level set, but also the Vikings have been what arguably one of the, if not one of the best winningest teams in football the last two years. So it's okay. If you miss on a pick here and there, um, like, like that stuff's going to happen. I think process should always, supersede results in most cases and, and like i don't think the trade back in itself was the was the problem um obviously not getting kyle hamilton sucks but like the trade the trade back in itself for me 
was never the problem with where the roster was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that to me is always the, the context that people tend to miss. For sure. Orno, what about you, man? I know you, you were higher still on Lewis scene, even in uh, going to this preseason and maybe he was still being held back a bit. Uh, what, what do you make and, you know, can maybe expand on what Miles was talking about too, of just the process of what the Vikings were looking for. You know, they still take Andrew Booth at 42. They get at Ingram. Um, you could even make a case. I mean, th- like this draft class, the 2022 draft class, which initially everyone wanted to write off immediately. I mean, there's been some contributors to this year's team. Ed Ingram's played better, certainly. Uh, Caleb mm-hmm. Evans wouldn't have been healthy as as looked like a promising cornerback. Ty Chandler's starting to get a little bit more run. You're seeing some explosiveness there. So like, this is why, right? Like, this is exactly why you don't write off a draft class after a year. I know the shining bullet is Lewis seen that was a humongous whiff, but this draft class has actually made some pretty solid contributions to this year's Vikings team. Always wait three years on a draft class because it takes time to develop players. And it, it can be really frustrating, especially when the Vikings in 2020 and 2021 had first round picks blossom immediately and become not just contributors, but stars you can get spoiled by that. And that's not the norm. So letting these guys develop and then making decisions with more data, I think is really important. Uh, I, I agree with miles. Uh, it's process over results. Now it's frustrating when you see a guy like Hamilton come in and do the things that he's doing. And I always thought the 40 was uh, overblown because when you watch game speed, he plays a lot faster than the four six that he ran, but it, that matters to people. And I had no problem trading down and then getting a guy, especially a guy with as much upside as seen. I think he still has upside. I I just, I don't know if he's ever going to reach it. And that's a very frustrating thing, but you did get a starter in Ed Ingram. And then Andrew Booth is a potential starter. He's shown some flashes this year. He hasn't been on the field consistently. I mentioned it last week. I would like to ask Flores what the process is with him and Makai Blackman and why they are, they're seeing different like numbers of snaps week to week and they're kind of being flip-flopped a little bit. And I just like to know like kind of the thought process there just because I don't know, I'm not at practice every day. I don't see a lot of those things and it would be intriguing to get that answer, but like you needed players and you got good players to be able to contribute to this team. And look, it's always going to be frustrating when you see the guy from the spot that you traded out at play really, really well. But I, I like the process and it, it would be hard for me to say, hey, I'll take one safety when we have the deepest safety room in the league versus a safety, a, a good depth corner and a starting right guard. Like it, it, it just stinks, but the good process will yield good results more often than not. For sure. I do have one more thing to say because we're in the world of college football. The Pop-Tarts Bowl is going to have an edible <laughs> mascot. I where just saw that the players uh, are going to be able to take a bite out of the mascot um, after the game. And I just got to say, it's wonderfully college football. I'm excited. That's awesome. Love that. College bowl season, man. It's going to be a blast. We actually might, maybe we should start incorporating that. Now we're getting closer and closer to bowl season. We can uh, take a look at what bowls, what random bowls, what players to watch on purple daily on draft too. So the new Mexico bowl for the Gophers. God, that'd be insane. (laughs) With five wins. It's projected. (laughs) Uh, that would be hilarious for them to play New Mexico State, who's 10-3, and three, by the way. The Fighting Jerry Kills have been really good this year. They yeah. even smoked Auburn at Jordan-Hare. Big win for them. Big win. Unlike the Gophers. Gophers uh, not rolling too hard uh, in 2000. 
2023. Uh, boys, thank you so much. Great episode here on Purple Daily on Draft. For anyone, uh, everyone still listening, hit that subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment on Purple Daily. We'll have Ventline, of course, a late night edition on Monday evening, plus hottest takes on Tuesday. Alex Boone, plenty of great stuff uh, coming at you right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Go check out an interview, too, with Joe Buck. Joe Buck uh, joined us this morning on Monday morning. It was an absolute blast. If you have any negative thoughts or ideas about Joe Buck that he still hates the Vikings because of one weird call in 2004, <laughs> go listen to this interview. Okay, go listen to this interview, and then tell me if you're still mad at Joe Buck. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be back uh, next Monday.